Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I am your host, Art Aldridge, and I am back from my PTO, personal time off, and it was a very enjoyable break from the monotony, the chaos, the craziness of the world, stuck at home. It was just a great, great time. I was out in the woods down in Tennessee at a Jeep Jamboree. I wound up um, shooting with four GoPros and a drone and a whole bunch of iPhone video. And of course, I came back with almost a terabyte and a half of footage. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. It was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed the break. I came back, though, and it was a busy week of phone calls and pre-production, and yes, dare I say, a few paying jobs. The jobs that I'm doing lately and, and right now, this week especially, have been live streaming jobs. Sometimes it's as simple as what I will call a relay I have one client where I need to take a Zoom meeting and stream the output of the Zoom meeting to another streaming platform so other people who don't want to be in the Zoom meeting can view it. It's like a relay service and it involves doing screen capture and then encoding and sending that out to a destination. It's not super technical but it's a little hairy with the way that zoom works and you have to get into the zoom meeting at a certain time and then you have to uh, mute yourself and then you know hide your video box and then you know start the stream when they go into the breakout and it's a lot of logistics for something very simple so i had two days of that on tuesday and wednesday and the first day was just one meeting on one machine. The second day, there were two meetings simultaneously, so I had to actually use two different machines. I spent about four hours trying to figure out how to do it on one machine using uh, my new favorite live streaming software, which is called Mimo Live. I've spoken about it in the past. It has the ability to run multiple documents at the same time, so I could actually have a document with a stream target set up for one meeting. And then I could have a second document with a completely different configuration also open 
also running at the same time. So I can actually stream out to multiple destinations, multiple targets from two different documents with two completely different shows, which is really, really cool. The rub, and it's really the bane of my existence right now, is the Zoom app. The Zoom app is, is just not built for the way we're using it right now. And everybody's trying to use it because it's sort of the de facto standard, easy to use, simple, but it has, you know, a lot of drawbacks. So even though I could have two documents running and um, two Mimo documents running, and then I'm using this um, really neat program called Loopback to route audio. It's like a virtual audio interface. And so it took me a little while to figure out that I needed to set up two virtual outputs for the two different uh, MIMO documents. So the audio would go from one to the other. And I had duplicated my Zoom app so I could actually have two different instances running of Zoom being in two different meetings, capturing the two different video windows into each MIMO document. But what I was getting in my testing was a mix of the audio. And I couldn't figure out why. Did a little research. Some people said it should work as I had planned it. I couldn't make it work. I emailed the software developer for Loopback, which is uh, Ambrosia software. And I asked them and they said that Zoom you can't just make another instance and get two discrete audio paths from the Zoom instances. They both come through the same, you know, audio path. So even though there's multiple virtual outputs and each one is seeing a different Zoom instance, Zoom is not built to do what I want it to do. So long story short, I spent four hours trying to figure out how to do it from one machine just because I thought it would be more convenient to me perhaps instead of having to roll across my office to run two laptops but I did it I did it with the Mac Pro and a laptop and you know it was fine but it's it's just that logistics you know you've got you know I'm I'm one person and I know there's other people running other parts of this meeting and they're doing a lot of stuff too but it's like a little nutty you have a Skype communication channel going You've got to watch both feeds. You got to play with the Zoom settings. So it's it's hectic enough when you have a room, a control room full of people doing a specific job. Now it's you know me, one person doing six hats. It's a little crazy. So that was my Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I've I had another uh, show. It was my first virtual graduation. It was a small 16-person graduation program for college grads. And it was sort of a hybrid live stream where I was using Zoom as the platform for all of the speakers and the attendees. But I was also running meeting support from uh, my laptop via Apple Keynote. So I was running a slide deck. And we had a couple of cues, and all I was doing in Zoom was switching between my virtual camera, which means I'm taking the output of my 
laptop feeding it into Zoom as a camera, like a webcam, but it's, it's the actual output of the laptop. So I was switching between that and the speakers and I was spotlighting, but everyone has to be in speaker view and not in gallery view because if they're in gallery view, they don't get the controlled experience. So it was a lot of, you know, little rehearsals and testing and which was the best way to do it. And of course they wanted to stack the graduates into the meeting first, which Zoom doesn't really let you arrange people the way you'd like them to be arranged. So we had to experiment with that. We wound up admitting them in a certain order, which helped. But of course in Zoom, if you don't know, you're getting a whole education on Zoom, I apologize. But in Zoom, if you mute, your position changes versus if you're not muted. So it's a whole rigmarole. I'm really not a big Zoom fan, but unfortunately, as everyone is saying now, it's sort of the new normal. So can't really do much about it. I'm trying to come up with workarounds for that. And one workaround that I've been looking at, and I mentioned it in a previous podcast, I watched a webinar a couple of months ago from a company called Intenor. And they make um, video encoders and decoders, but they're a little more sophisticated than just a simple encoder-decoder set. They do some pretty cool tricks. So I saw this webinar and they were showing basically how you could have one encoder at a location and feed multiple sources into it. And then using um, a internet transport, send those discrete signals back to the decoder, or in this case, it's actually a router, uh, which is a one rack unit chassis kind of box, and it has internet connectivity on it. It's got some BNC outputs for video, but basically it'll send the, the, the signals back to the router, and then you feed the router into your either your software switcher, which is I'm using either Wirecast or MIMO, or you can go into a baseband switcher and switch it as SDI video feeds. So it's a way to basically backhaul the video and switch it as if you were sitting there live. And that's pretty cool. And it has some interesting compression technology. And it has the feature that really sort of sold it for me is it has this ability to generate a VPN connection between the two hardware units, the router and the encoder. And you can have multiple encoders all over the place. And the router generates the VPN network, which means that all of the devices that are plugged into the encoders, no matter where they are in the world, look to me like they're on my local network. So the demo that I saw and what I'm actually replicating, because they sent me some demo hardware to test, is that I have the encoder and a PTZ camera sitting in Cape Cod with my colleague Tom Chartrand. And back here in my uh, control room, I have a PTZ camera controller. PTZ, you know, if you don't know, is a pan tilt zoom robotic camera. So I tested it. So he plugged this stuff in at his place. I connected to the equipment over the internet and I could control the camera as if I were sitting right next to it on the same network, which is really, really cool. I'm looking at this equipment as a solution 
for doing higher quality remote capture where it's not just an iPhone or it's not just a webcam, but something a little bit better. I can send out a little portable unit, plug the camera into it, have control over it, be able to, you know, send and return video path. So it's pretty interesting. The demo worked pretty well, but they're based in Sweden, this company, Intenor. So I had an early call with them <laughs> this morning and I had Tom helping me do the test. And then I had a rehearsal for this show I'm doing tomorrow, which is like an educational summit live stream. And that's got all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff going on with that because I'm dealing with presenters from all over the country. Some have good computer skills, some have mediocre computer skills. We had to test all the connectivity ahead of time. We had to show them how to, you know, hook up the microphone and the headset and, you know, patch it into the software. And of course that was a little challenging. And then getting everyone just to send me their slide decks, because we're gonna run the slides from here in case we lose, you know, the video signal. And of course the slides come in in all different formats and things are not always in place. And then I've got time zones and meetings and rehearsals that are spread out over, you know, like a four hour time zone change. So that was a little complicated. And then we did a rehearsal and I thought in my brilliance that I would split up the show into multiple documents. I was going to use one document set for each sort of presentation just so I could not have a giant, you know, layer set of uh, inbound video feeds and, and things like that. Because I'm, again, doing it alone here in my control room. So that blew up in my face because I was basically using, you know, Mimo Live. And the output of Mimo Live, it's called a virtual camera, and it goes into Zoom. So Zoom was running and it was receiving the output of Mimo and it, you know, presents to Zoom like it's normal video, which is all great. The problem was that when I closed document one and opened document two, Zoom didn't like the fact that the document that it was using as the virtual camera, even though I stopped the camera, Zoom didn't like that the video wasn't there anymore and the audio wasn't there. And I would open up document two and then I couldn't get the video and audio to come through on virtual camera. It got messy and of course the rehearsal blew up in my face. So here it is Thursday evening, the show's first thing tomorrow morning. I now have to rebuild my, my production document in Mimo to make it all inside of one. It just makes it really unruly. So I'm doing that. I still have to generate some emails for the speakers and I still have to eat dinner and I have not even had a sip of tequila yet. So it shows you where my day is headed and it's not looking good, but this will be a good week to be done with. It's good to be, you know, active and things like that. These are not, uh, unfortunately, the big dollar jobs that, you know, I need to run my, my life, but 
I'm happy to have them. I'm not complaining. It's uh, it's still a little murky. The waters where uh, I'm venturing for work still a little murky about things. It was interesting on on my 12-hour road trip down to Oak Ridge, Tennessee. It was interesting to see the progression or the digression of concern about COVID. You may have heard I have a little thing about um, espresso. So, of course, I stop to get gas. I try to find a Starbucks so I can literally refuel the vehicle, refuel myself, and kill two birds with one stone. And so in the New York and then Pennsylvania, and we went through um, Virginia and West Virginia and then into Tennessee. So the further we got from New York, the less people were concerned about COVID. So at the Starbucks in Pennsylvania, the bathrooms were not open. You had to have a mask on. You had to, you know, keep six feet. And as we drove further and further into Tennessee, literally we got to Tennessee and there's like no COVID. Like no one even cares. Things are open. They had, I was actually surprised that um, restaurants were open. There were no restrictions on capacity. And it was just a strange, you know, dichotomy of uh, perspectives on things. And of course, um, you know, I'm still maintaining social distancing and, and everything that's been you know, beaten into my head about, you know, being safe and some people get it and some people don't. So that was always fun. And then, of course, we drove back on the same route up uh, Interstate 81 and that sort of, oh, yeah, I forgot I got to wear a mask. Oh, yeah, I forgot I can't use the bathroom here. And (laughs) just you get back to New York and it's, you know, they're starting to open up I think we're in phase two where I am in New York, not in New York City. And and I knew it was phase two. I didn't know when it was starting because I was literally in like a TV, radio, news, cellular blackout by my choice. And it was, it was dynamite to not even hear anything. But I got a call and I won't give you the backstory, but my, my barber, who I usually go to every other week, to just keep my uh, little hair I have short and tight. He has a espresso machine that I gave him. And it's the same one I have in my office. It uses the uh, Illy capsules. I don't know how they call it exactly, but it's the Illy version of the Nespresso capsules. And it's, it's very good coffee. I've got a very nice machine in my office. I still have my Nespresso machine up in my kitchen. But, of course, that's too far to walk, isn't it? So, uh, anyway, my barber has the same type of machine. So, we, I sell him capsules on my subscription order. So, I get a subscription to the coffee every month. And then, you know, I give him a can and he gives me some cash for that. So, I knew that he was getting ready to open because he left me a message saying, Listen, I need some espresso for, for Tuesday when he was going to open. So... He's opened up. I haven't been able to get in to get a haircut. I've been doing it myself. My wife's been helping me. And it's just, you know, of course, right, the new norm. So things are starting to happen in some aspects of life. 
work is still a little bit, you know, dicey. There's not much going for me. I know some people are starting to get some, some jobs and I'm happy for that. Just don't know where it's all gonna shake out for, you know, bigger travel and production type jobs that I do. I'll give you a full breakdown on my success or failure with the live stream I'm doing for this education conference. And I will see you next week. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.